and I think it's important to build that identity. You know, I often refer like Grant Cardone had his 10X thing, right? And and Gary Vee has his like hustle thing, right? And Tony Robbins, you walk on fire. So I want to start off with a story. It must have been three weeks ago now, and I'm sitting there with a pack of dudes at Funnel Hacking Live, and I see this guy from across the room dressed in a red puffer jacket <laughs> and slippers. Yep. And I'm like, who is that joker over there in the all red? And my buddy taps me. He's like, oh, man, that's that's Rudy. Yeah. And everyone else had already known who you were as well. I, cu I couldn't believe I hadn't seen you sticking out with that, that red puffer jacket. But at that point, I searched you on Instagram. I found your account. And I'm like, I, I got to meet this guy. Yeah. Everything was red. Yeah. And if you're watching this on video right now, we're currently in Rudy's office. Man, everything is red. The carpet. You're still wearing red. Your whole staff is in red. <laughs> yeah. So I want to dig into that because as soon as I saw that, it hit me. I'm like, I need a color. Sure. I need to pick a color. It yep. is your brand. You are red. Yep. Red is Rudy. Yep. When did this happen and why? Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a big backstory to it. The summary is a lot of the biggest brands and best brands have an identity, right? Obviously, you know that. Um, and I think it's important to build that identity. You know, I often refer like Grant Cardone had his 10X thing, right? And and Gary Vee has his like hustle thing, right? And Tony Robbins, you walk on fire, right? Like a lot of people have their brand identity. So for us, originally I was known as the ad guy. I was one of the top Facebook ad people, been in that industry years. But my vision and my goals is big, right? I want to impact the world. And the rest of the world doesn't want to know about Facebook ads. It doesn't matter to them. So for me, it got to a point eventually where it was like more on a global scale. I want to impact the world and become known as a you know top business kind of guru and coach and uh, business owner and entrepreneur. Um, and I've always been very extreme. So I'm like, how do I combine the two, right? I'm very outrageous. I don't care what people think. I don't like doing what the norm is. I'm the opposite of the norm. So we just kept growing this brand around a color and it just started compounding into its own success. A lot of people are like, you're the guy in red, you're the red ads everywhere. I see your reds at red ads everywhere. And I just like, I'm very good at, I had a vision, I brought the vision to life and then I follow momentum, so I started seeing more and more momentum behind it. So I just dig deeper and push it more and more and more to where we are today, which is crazy and outrageous. <laughs> Man, it's, it's brilliant. And you mentioned Grant Cardone, and his thing is like, you got to get attention no yep. matter what. Yep, yep, yep. And red is loud. Sure. I mean, you're loud, your office is loud, the color is loud. It's, it's something people remember. It sticks yep. in their head. I know it had an impact on me, and I'm sure it has an impact in your advertising yep. too. Uh, walk me through kind of the adoption of red what was that like uh, i'm sure it didn't happen yeah. and it wasn't a red explosion right yeah no no it wasn't like the big bang it was more of a um i i already had a pretty big agency 30 40 employees that was called roi machines it still exists today i'm not the i'm not involved i stepped out three years ago we have an exec team that run it and it was all blue, right? It's actually one of the executives over there and he's all blue and pimped out, right? In his little blue room and we're the red office. Um, so I got to a point where I was like, this new business that started around when COVID hit about two and a half years ago, I originally just built the business and it, I kept it blue, but then I'm like, hey, this is gonna be two big different things and I don't want them being seen as the same. Uh, red was my favorite color as a kid. I loved red. 
Uh, my previous background many years ago was health and fitness, and I built a pretty big $5 million uh, health company and wellness and fitness company, and that was all green. So I'm like, I don't want to do green. I already have blue. Red's my favorite color. I like interior design. There's a lot of cool red stuff. Um, so I'm like, red catches your eye. So I'm like, let's do red, right? And and I probably back then, I didn't, I obviously hindsight's hindsight, but I didn't picture what I'm sat in today, right? It just compounded over time. And I'm, I believe everything happens for a reason. And now, and someone said something cool the other day to me. They're like, you're the only guy I know that owns a color. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I guess that's pretty cool. And that's part of the brand, right? And what we've become. And now I think, like you said, no one else like does a color thing. So I think that's kind of become my thing a little. And we're so outrageous with it. I mean, it's just going to keep growing. And I was going to ask, are you the only one or is this modeled after somebody that no, you've met before? I've not met any. No. We, no. Like I said, we kind of fell into it. Like uh, I wanted to do red. It was my favorite color. I like interior design. So I kitted it all out. And if you go back two years ago, it was like uh, it was a fraction of today. Right. It was like red T-shirts, maybe in a red jacket and some red icons. And then I just like compounded, compounded. And then when events started back up, like nine, like probably a year, year and a half ago, everyone started seeing me at events again as a speaker because I speak a lot. And they all said, you're the, you're, like they even knew who I was because they knew me in the industry or they were like, you're the guy with red all the time, right? And there was one like defining moment. I do a, I do a weekly uh, call with my exec team and it's called Billion Dollar Brand. Mm -hmm. And it's a big, big high level strategies on how I get to become a billionaire and the billion dollar brand behind it. And there was one call after an event, I was in the airport in Mexico and that's when we went from like 50 to 100% because I was like, I just another event, right? This is like the fourth one this month. Everyone talks about the red stuff. They love it. So I'm like, this is this is it, right? So we're all in. And uh, it just kept compounding from there to this. Right. You start getting a little bit of positive yes. reinforcement yeah. and some feedback, yeah. and then you lean in. You look for signs, right? It's like yeah. anything. With a, a funnel or a new campaign or a new marketing strategy, if the signs of success, you keep building on that. I mean, at least if you're a good entrepreneur, right? Some people ignore it, but I'm like, if something's working, let's just keep pushing it until it breaks, right? And go all in. Yeah. Did you ever think about the psychology of colors when you were choosing which one to go with? Like not, blue means trust. Not originally, because I've seen all of that stuff, but I'm like, there's so many variables that make a buying decision right now. And a couple of people have asked, oh, Rudy, red's warning. And I'm like, <laughs> it, you know, it is, but there's also billion dollar companies that are red. Coca-Cola, for right. example, Target, right? So it doesn't like, it doesn't mean you can't have a big company that's red or those companies wouldn't exist, right? Like I think um, color brings out emotion in certain areas, but also, uh, so I think there's pros and cons like most things in life. The maybe the negative warning color association is I think outranked by the eye-catching attention grabbing part of the red, yeah. which in my industry running ads and being a marketer and all the social content is really important as you know, right? So I think there's a big benefit there as much as there may be some sort of psychological negative. I totally agree with you. I think if it was blue or something, it wouldn't be nearly yeah. as loud, capture nearly yeah. as much attention. Yeah. Yeah, the red's part of it. And I think also just how my brain works and my creativity, because mm -hmm. we've got a blue office that I co-own next door and it's still pretty wow factor. I think the res may be a level up, but I spend a lot of time. It's like most things in life, people want what you have. 
but if they saw the amount of like i've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to build this and hundreds of hours at night when i could have been working on other projects or spending time with my family planning the office planning the podcast room planning exactly what things we're going to order how we're going to position it uh and it's not the best use of a ceo time arguably but also it's become a massive thing that i think will compound the growth of my business but it did take a lot of time no i bet and i think it's worth it because you can yeah. kind of feel the energy yeah. in this office yeah 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 everyone says that yeah right and the, the office i know a lot of the people are just listening and not watching sure. right now, but sure. you've got quite the space here. You've got a ball pit. Yeah. You've got a wall full of Nerf guns. Yeah. You've got a sexy accent. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about how this was all created. Sure. Yeah, it's a, it's similar to the red, right? Like I, I wanted, I like to be different firstly, right? So it's generally like in life, if people all do this thing this one way, I'm going to go do it the opposite way. It's just how I am, right? If everyone says you should do it this way, I'm going to try and do it the opposite way. And I've always been like that, right? I remember back in school, uh, I came from England where obviously, you know, that's the accent and soccer is really big, right? And everyone in England loves English, the English soccer team. And for some reason, when I was like, eight years old for the world cup i decided to support brazil so everyone in my school hated me because they were all supporting england but for some reason i'm like i'm going to support brazil even though i'm not brazilian i'm english and there's no reason except i liked ronaldo and i was hated for like three months but i was also probably because i was different and i wanted right. to wear a yellow top instead of the white english top so i've always been different so as COVID hit, everyone was closing their offices down. So of course I do the opposite and I open an office, right? I had been remote for seven, eight years, built teams up to 40, 50 employees remote. And the thing that really hit home was every six months we'd do a, a staff retreat. So I'd hire a couple of big mansions in Orlando. We'd fly 30 staff in and it was like, I was so excited for those weeks and they were so fun. It was like when you were a kid going to summer camp or whatever, right? They were just amazing fun because it's you and your team and a lot of your friends working on your vision, right? So as an entrepreneur, it's like Christmas day, right? And I was like, why can't I do this every day? And I'm like, can I just buy a big house and everyone lives there? And obviously that doesn't happen. So the closest realistic thing is an office, right? Yeah. So then I'm like, we started with a small office. I signed a two year lease. Three months later, we left that office and I still, I just finished paying the two year lease. So I paid like 25 grand for a tiny, uh, or 40 grand for like a tiny office I used for three months. Um, but yeah, it just started with something. I saw some success. I really enjoyed it. Me and the, we literally had two staff when we started because everyone was remote. I just randomly had two staff in the area. It wasn't planned. I asked them if they would come in with me and like the idea. They both said yes. And here we are today. Yeah. It's funny. You hear all these entrepreneurs who want to like retire on the yacht, go to the beach. Yeah. My long-term vision is just to have the office of my dreams yeah. with people that I've curated that yeah. I want to be around all yeah. day and everyone can bring their dogs to work. That's yep. all I ask. I love that. Yep. Yeah. We bring our dogs. We have three dogs and so we bring them in. Right. It's just, it's such a fun thing to get up in the morning and go to a space that you created with yeah. people that you want to surround yourself yep. with and build something. Yeah, people say here, adult playground. That was always my vision. And people come in and say that. And that uh, that's like where it's like, I achieved the goal, right? Like I wanted to create a fun environment and it's not maybe for everyone, but for a lot of people it's that. 
Now, you mentioned earlier that you had some occasions when you were growing up that you were a little bit different than the pack, sure. as most entrepreneurs are. Yep. I think that was a very entrepreneurial thing yep. that you mentioned, yep. going against the grain, daring to be different. Yep. Most people don't have that in them. That's why they don't start their own companies, take that risk. What was your early on entrepreneurial journey like? I was the kid in school, like there's probably one kid you will know, I was the kid selling everything, right? So I was like, when there was a new theme every six months, there was these new bracelets or this new toy, I was buying it on eBay at like nine years old with my dad's eBay account that I made and PayPal account I make, made him make for me, buying it in wholesale from China, splitting it up, bagging it out at night, selling it. And then I did a bakery. I sold cakes for a half a year. Then I was eBaying games, buying and selling them, making money. Uh, and I got banned from selling in school. I was selling so much stuff all the time. And then I um, became, you know, 15, 16, built a big online gaming community, charging thousands of people. And then I, you know, this is the summary, right? I figured out websites, built websites. So when I was 17, 18, I became a personal trainer because my background was fitness. Uh, and then when that happened, I got ranked one on SEO for Google because I knew the power and there was no competition back then. So I hired a couple of SEO firms, figured it out, got ranked one. So that started to grow. I was running nightclub events. So all my life I've been making money. Like I was obsessed with playing Monopoly. I was obsessed with winning. I was a chess master, like top of my, I won all the chess tournaments at my school. Uh, and always obsessed with money. I remember when I was like 11 years old, I was walking to the the corner shop. We call them corner shops in the UK, right? You know, by in your housing estate, there's a little shop area, kind of like a Walgreens, I guess. And I walked past a car, and it was like two and a half thousand dollars, and it had a sign in the the window that was for sale. And I go to my dad, I'm like, I could buy this right now. Can I buy this car? He's like, You can't drive. I'm like, Why not? And he's like, Well, you're not old enough. I'm like, But I can afford it. And like I had built that much money just from buying and selling that I could be buying a car at like 11 years old. Um, and it was just my obsession with money. I don't know why. My parents didn't have money. I think I realized early on that money was like the world we live in, right? Money equals freedom. It equals uh, fluidness. It equals the ability to do what you want. And I saw at times my parents stressed about money, bills and stuff like a normal family. You know, they weren't poor. They weren't rich, just normal. But they had bills to pay, right? And they had big expenses. And a $3,000 vet bill for the dog was a super stressful thing. So I think somewhere within me, I was like, I don't want to ever have that, right? So, and it's, it's always like a big monopoly game too. So that was kind of my upbringing, my childhood. It was that obsession around money for some reason and just always hustling, always being creative, always going against the grain and figuring stuff out. No, it's cool that you started when you were so young. I yeah. wish I would have not only had that drive, but opportunity. That's, that's, that's really cool. But I didn't make crazy money until I was like mid-20s, right? But yeah. a lot of it in those early days, I was figuring, I got my first Facebook ad account banned when like 12 years ago or something crazy. <laughs> I bought my first house, which I rented out to my friends at like 20 years old, bought another house the year later, and I still rent them to this day. And one of my UK staff members helps manage them with my, my parents. So always been entrepreneurial, always been driven. And it's just a big game of Monopoly to me. It sure is. And you still, I don't know how old you are, but you look relatively young. 31. 31. I'm about to turn 31 myself. Nice. Looking good, brother. Yep. And you've clearly had a lot of success. You've been making money for a long time. You're young, you're successful. What's next for the company? What's next for you? Where sure. do you see things going? Yeah, I mean, to me, my goals are so big now because I've 
I've seen success and I always want to win and be the best and I've been around big people achieving greatness so I've I've seen that I can keep achieving that that like everyone asks me people ask me this and I'm like I'm so uh not unhappy but I'm so like not content with where I am I just I want things to be 10 times bigger and some people would probably hate that say it's a negative that you're not content blah 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 but it's just my drive it's my energy right I know I always say you don't join the NBA and go I don't want to become the uh, hall of you know the best in the world or an all-star right so that's how I am with business so for me it's just 10x in this growing this it's it's growing a bunch of things that are coming my way which I don't even know yet because you learn that in business life you plan five years but your five years is totally different right, right. Um, so for me it's just that for me it's like the investment in myself and my brand at this point because I'm a big believer that you can build billion dollar personal brands right and and even like elon musk he no one knew everyone knew paypal 10 years ago no one knew elon musk was he realizes the personal brand is important now so for me it's if i can grow the systems i can grow the team to support me i can grow the personal brand i can keep growing my network and stay creative i know i'll be successful um and everything will fall into place I can see you leaning into the personal brand with not only the red, but the content, which you yep. crush. If you're not already following this guy on Instagram, definitely go do that. Uh, I, I dug in and got a lot of value out of Good. that quickly. We talked about doing some TV. Yep. Um, you, you recently did the local yep. local tour, did some stuff like that. Anything else big that you plan on contributing to your personal brand? Yeah, I mean, we're doing a lot of celebrity marketing right now. A couple of close friends and partners of mine. Uh, we had this vision. I already had this vision differently we could we cross paths and join forces so you know mike tyson floyd mayweather are clients now uh we've got a big a list uh list that we're working through that we're probably partnering with over the next two years so i think that's a big part of it growing those brands online right and as being the people behind that my own personal brand big live events I started in real estate 10 years ago and I haven't done any in the US because I was brand new here, had to build credit, was focused on my businesses. My goal is 100 mil of real estate like on the side without my main businesses by 40, so nine years of that. So yeah, celebrities, real estate, keep growing this, big events um, and becoming a household name in business. Very good. What is a, a secret passion that you have that not a lot of people know about what do you do behind closed doors i mean basketball but i think people start to know that we're very competitive I guess that by looking yeah. at you yeah yeah <laughs> i know right so we we all play every saturday morning the team go we do five on fives big passion uh so i would say basketball my dogs but i guess you get a bit of that on social media like yeah i'm an animal person i grew up with animals gave to chat all my animal charities ever since i was a kid even making money as a 12 year old i was giving to animal charities um, I had up to like eight, nine dogs at one point because my mom was a breeder and stuff. I didn't so, know that about you. So, yeah, I had so, 105 pets growing up. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm probably, yeah, not quite there. But with dogs, I mean, we had about 30 over my wow. childhood. So big on dogs, big on basketball, um, and then just the ocean. You know, I pay a lot of money to be on the ocean. When I travel, I get an Airbnb or hotel on the ocean. Uh, that's why I left England. It's always gray and rainy there. So I, I like being on the ocean and the sun here. Yeah, number one beaches in the world. We're in the yep. Sunshine State. Mm -hmm. Talk to me. Final questions here. What is name one guru that you follow that you think that other people should get value from? Whether it be Grant Cardone, just someone sure. that people have access to and can. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the super well-known guys. I've, I'm a big 
follower of, uh, a supporter of, a lot of those people, people hate and love, right? Like Ty Lopez, I've been partners with for two and a half years, massive part of my growth. Um, people always ask me about Ty and he's been a awesome mentor to me and supporter of me and uh, I love you know working with him very closely for two and a half years every day was awesome because to see how his brain works as uh, just a different level even though people might not believe some of them might not believe that when they when they see him on social media right. but a uh, big part Grant Cardone you know I'm, I, I get to know more and more as time goes on and hang around with events and stuff and but yeah he was a big part even just through his books and stuff when i i moved to america with a big dream big vision i left england because people didn't have that there they didn't like that there and then i i already came here with 10 times bigger vision and then grant stuff helped me 10x that vision so that's massive too um but but here's the thing i guess the answer to the question there's not one person it's about seeing the good and the value in people but people are very hard to judge they like say i hate him but i'm like you, you, you're limiting your your learning right because there's there's normal and most people there's greatness in everyone right and it's about looking at the greatness you don't have to like everything they say everything they teach everything they stand for but most of the time there's greatness in most people so it's pulling that out for yourself i couldn't agree more and even though you named two of the most controversial entrepreneurs in the game if someone's making more money than you and they're more successful from you, there's tons that you can learn yeah. from them. You don't have to love everything they do, but if, if you, unless you're naive or like selfish or you're like, you, you, you have too much judgment and that actually holds you back, right? Right. And just to kind of piggyback off that, you can watch these guys and think they're stupid, think they're airheads, but man, I, yeah, they know what they're doing. When behind, you get in yeah. the room with these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. They're ninjas. I, even, I always say, look, Donald Trump, you hate or love him. I'm not into politics. I don't care. But mm -hmm. the, the guy didn't have to appeal to the whole of America, right? But he was successful in what he did. And he's very clear with his message. He's very polarizing. And he won an election from it. So uh, a lot of the biggest and best people in the world, they don't have to have everyone to like them. They just need a certain percent of the population. Uh, and I mean, if people were a little more open-minded, they would see the, the good, you know, good and bad and take what they want to take for their own personal development and growth. Be loud, get attention and deliver, deliver some yeah. value. Yeah. Yeah. Rudy, brother, it was awesome chatting with you. Uh, where can people connect with you? Learn more? Yeah, I mean, mostly Instagram right now. Obviously, you'll see my ads everywhere. If you say or Google my name, even maybe just listening to this today, you're doomed for life because I'm going to follow you around the internet on Facebook. But uh, Rudy Moore Life is the Instagram. Uh, if you visit my website, I'll come find you on Facebook with my retargeting ads. Uh, the main website is More Capital. Uh, but yeah, Instagram right now, Facebook, More Capital, uh, and just look out for the red. And seriously, guys, if you are listening to this and you haven't seen Rudy on social media, go look just for the fact that you can see what I'm talking about with absorbing a color as a brand, becoming yep. that color. It is really unique. It's something that I'm going to try and do. We'll see if I can pull this thing off. But go follow Rudy. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks.